You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And the Kings are going to experience their third straight loss in this building on a homestand that showed such promise and got off to such great start just a week ago tonight with the victory over the Cleveland Cavaliers. What in the world has happened to that group of Sacramento Kings? Welcome into another edition of Locked on Kings. Happy New Year to everyone here as we uh, start a new week and a new year of Locked on Kings podcast 2018. Did not start the way the Sacramento Kings were hoping for. 2017 ended miserably with a terrible performance against the Memphis Grizzlies. And 2018, I would say not as bad, but bad. I mean, we're measuring poor performances. And to say one was better than the other isn't saying much. But it was slightly better just because the offense was better, but the defense was horrific. And we will discuss that and more today on today's edition of Locked on Kings. Thank you so much for following us. You can follow me on Twitter at Jason Ross 1140 But thank you for following us on the Locked on Network and all things that go on here, whether it's Locked on NBA, Locked on Fantasy, Locked on every NFL team. And with the playoffs coming up this weekend, you want to get the latest previews of what might happen in the Kansas City game with Tennessee. We'll check on Locked on Titans or Locked on Chiefs, so on and so forth with all the NFL matchups. Great place to start if you want uh, in-depth content on those teams. So just like we have in Locked on NBA and Locked on Kings, any team you want to follow, uh, they've got it on the entirety of the Locked on Network. I'd be curious what they're saying on Locked on Hornets today after they had an impressive route of the Sacramento Kings, as frustrated as uh, we all must be and we all are, I would assume, as Kings fans. Charlotte had one heck of a game and just dismantled the Kings. 131 to 111 was the final, as you heard the highlight coming into the show and low light maybe in this case. And it's puzzling, frustrating, all things about this. Because eight days ago, the Sacramento Kings started a homestand where you looked at the schedule and you went, and this is why it's dangerous to play schedule, but you say, all right, they will probably lose to, go, to uh, Cleveland. I mean, just Cleveland's better with LeBron James. They'll probably lose that game. But can they find a way to get Phoenix and maybe even follow that up with Memphis and Charlotte? I mean, if they can get to 3-1 and one there... And then you figure that Denver would be difficult and San Antonio difficult, but that's three and three. That would be an acceptable homestand. You'd feel okay about the team. And again, we always say if you're narrowing in on one game and just analyzing one, it can look pretty bleak and and grim or positive. It depends on how they play. But you start to pull back and you go, okay, how have they played over five games, over 10 games, over 15 games, 20 games, that kind of thing. And by and large, the Kings had been playing better. December was doing some good things for the Kings. But now they've hit a rut, and something has gone completely wrong with this team because even before the Cavs win, they laid the egg in Los Angeles against the Clippers. Front end of a back-to-back, just played terribly. Awful game, awful performance against the Los Angeles Clippers. Gave up all those points against a team that didn't have all of its weapons and just unacceptable. That's at least we felt. We go, okay, one night, it's the NBA. Good luck coming back. You probably won't beat the Cavs, but I expected a better performance. Not only a better performance, arguably the best performance of the year by the Kings. They played great. They beat a good team. They deserve the win. They don't have to apologize for that. Cavs may have been disinterested at times, but the Kings outplayed them and deserved to win that game. So, all right, now you're feeling great. The homestand starts positively. You've got some games you think you can win. They didn't play great against Phoenix at all, 
But they got the lead early in the fourth quarter, and you're thinking, all right, now at least they're going to find a way to win this game. It doesn't matter how they do it. Win by one and start 2-0 and on the homestand. Instead, they didn't finish strong. Booker made all the right plays at the end of the game, and the Kings ended up you know, tasting a, a disappointing performance as far as a disappointing loss. Then you fast forward to New Year's Eve, the day the Kings played early against Memphis. Memphis again, all the reasons to lose, right? No Mike Conley playing the second night of a back-to-back. They had just played against the Warriors, scored a bunch of points, but gave up a bunch. Tyreek Evans was coming back, but this Memphis team wasn't playing well, didn't have their full roster. Things pointed towards the Sacramento Kings, especially after getting embarrassed by the Suns. Instead, I think that was their worst performance by far, just a miserable outing. And so now you're one and two on the homestand. All right, for whatever reason, mentally, much like people have New Year's resolutions, which I always think are funny to, I'm going to start January 1st when you, if it's to exercise or to eat better or whatever things you're trying to change in your life, yet you can't do that on the 30th or 31st or middle of December. No, there's just kind of a imaginary, well, not imaginary, it's a defined start of a calendar year, but for whatever reason, that's how we kind of think mentally. And so Tuesday night, the first game of 2018, all right, erase what just happened. That's fine. A, a clean slate. Homestand could be still successful. You're taking on a Charlotte team that is just okay. I mean, there's nothing really spectacular about Charlotte. Kemba Walker's been an all-star. Dwight All- uh, Howard has been an all-star. But they're not playing that amazing a basketball. And yet, Charlotte does things they haven't done all season. And they just throttle the Kings 131 to 111. Kings lose by 20. And again, it felt worse. They were down at one point by 25. Too many large deficits at home this season. These home funks that this team has been in is hard to explain. And maybe the best way to explain it is they're just not a good enough team. And it's it's frustrating when you see the glimpses of what they can do against some of the teams, but they just can't put it together consistently. And the way the day started There was exciting news that De'Aaron Fox would be back. Not only was he back, he started. Unfortunately, Frank Mason is going to be reevaluated in a week with a bruised heel. So you add one, you lose one. But all in all, you start Garrett Temple, Scalabissier, Zach Randolph, George Hill, De'Aaron Fox. And if you didn't see any of the game, and I just read to you offensive numbers, this would sound like a King's win. And here's here's some of the numbers. On On the positive side of a game that you lose by 20. And here's why it's so... Head scratching. The Kings shot 52% for the game. And keep in mind, that is the sixth time this year they have done that. Now only the second time they have lost. They made enough threes, 7 of 17. Well, maybe not enough, but 7 of 17 isn't awful. 14 of 18 from the foul line, that's acceptable. Out-rebound Charlotte, an area the Kings have just been brutal at, by 17. 22 assists, 15 turnovers, a tad high, but not critical, but a little high. And individually, 24 points and 10 rebounds for Zebo, double-double. 17 points, 15 rebounds for Scal, double-double. First time this year the Kings have had two guys with a double-double in the same game. De'Aaron Fox, two points shy of his career high at 17. 11 for George Hill, 11 for Bogey, 10 off the bench for Costa Kufis. Again, the Kings score 111, shoot 52% at home. Sounds like a win, right? How about a 20-point loss? Go figure. I mean, just go figure. What is going on with this team? Well, here's a little listen back is how it played out. Rebounded by Sierra ahead to Fox, drives into the lane, stutter step, goes to the left hand. No good. Stick back, Scal. Coming in on the right angle, timed it perfectly. Fox is hobbling as he heads up the floor. I don't know if he aggravated something there, but that is not look good. 
Kings now have Hill giving to Collie Stein. Back to the basket. One dribble. Hands to Buddy Hill. Buddy leans in. Sets up Collie Stein for the rip. Oh, that was nice. That was the play of the night thus far for Sacramento. Kings had a couple of stickbacks by Scalabissier in the early minutes that were impressive. That time, the screen and roll opportunity for Willie, who hammered it home. 35-29, Charlotte leads by six. Back to a 10-point game at 53-43. Ball stripped from Willie Cauley-Stein. Another Sacramento turnover. Walker on the run, goes inside. Quick turn, quick flush. Biggest lead of the night, Dwight Howard. Makes it 55-43. Kemba rolls right, hooks the pass now to Batum. He drives, he stops, pulls up, 14-footer. Score it, 1.2 seconds to go. Kings trail by 20. Fox with a 75-foot heave. Misses by about eight feet. That'll do it for 24 minutes. There are a lot of unhappy Sacramento Kings fans in this building. And there are a lot of others who are just perplexed. Here's Johnny O'Brien with a wild pass to the far wing. Save from going out of bounds by Williams. Back inside to Bryant for the step back, and he scores it. I mean, it's like everything that Charlotte is throwing up there is magically finding its way into the twine. O'Brien is four for four. He now has ten points. They were running out of time. He was desperate. He was off balance. Didn't make any difference. He rattled it down. Again, the head scratching continues. If you look at what Charlotte did offensively, 57 percent 51 of 89 a team that is third worst in the nba in three-point shooting got comfortable from the get-go made 10 threes in the first half matched their season high with 15 made threes shot 47 percent 15 of 32 14 of 18 beyond the arc 25 assists and how about this an nba best for 2017 2018 three turnovers we can count them nicholas batum and two by Frank Kaminsky. He must feel terrible. They had three. The NBA best before that this year was five by Portland. Five is unreal. Three is unheard of. So what does that tell you? One, Charlotte was far too comfortable. So when they got shot attempts, they made it. When they turned it over, it didn't matter because they didn't do it much. Kings weren't forcing turnovers, weren't getting steals, deflections, all things that coaches look at. It was way too easy for Charlotte. Now you start to count their double-figure scores. 21 for Batum. 20 for Howard. 12 for Kemba, 10 for Marvin Williams, 10 for Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, all five starters in double figures. Off the bench, Jeremy Lamb, 16. Johnny O'Brien, 16. 12 for Frank Kaminsky. Charlotte is not a spectacular offensive team. They had a spectacular offensive day. Partly I'll give them credit, but I'm going to put more of the blame on the Kings. 131 points allowed. No excuse for that. By far the most the Kings have allowed this year. And the other number was 126, which was Atlanta. So you've given up 126 to Atlanta, 131 to Charlotte. And it's just frustrating. The Kings got booed again at home. And I just, you know, the home record has been disappointing. This stretch has been disappointing. And if you just think about this homestand. So, again, they beat the Cavs. Great win. Three straight losses. And there's a little bit of a reminder of of this has happened to the Kings lately. I, I looked it up for last year. Kings are right around this time, in fact. Yeah, January 3rd, they got a win at Denver. Made the record 15-19. and 19. Not sure if they're going anywhere at that time, but four games above 500 with a seven-game homestand coming up. This was last year, first part of last year. That seven-game homestand had the Heat, the Clippers, the Warriors, the Pistons, the Cavs, the Thunder, and the Pacers. Some good teams, but some teams you thought, all right, you're at home. If this is a 4-3 and three or a 5-2 and two or, heck, a 6-1, and one, is this team going to be above 500? Halfway through the season, no. They went 1-6. and six. 
They lost to the Heat. In fact, the Heat were a terrible team at that time. That started their second-half push where they played amazing basketball. You had a loss to the Clippers that weren't fully healthy last year at this time. A loss to the Warriors, understandable at home. Beat Detroit right in the middle of the sandwich game. Then lost to the Cavs, lost to the Thunder, and lost to the Pacers. That Pacer game, by the way, Rudy Gay, that was a, a huge lead. Kings blew the lead. Rudy Gay got hurt. And it just was depressing. So a one and six homestand. I don't know if this will be a one and five homestand. If there's a win left, two wins left, or any wins left. But with Denver coming up on Saturday, the Spurs coming up on Monday, the two two of the more difficult games are coming up. Could the Kings win? Sure. But again, why play the schedule game when you just feel like you can't figure this team out? And what is it defensively? And I'm guessing that the next couple of days with probably one day off and two practice days, this team better focus, better be redirected on defense because they have played okay enough offense lately. Defense, not a chance. Not even close. Can't win this way. Can't be done this way. And it's got to get better ASAP for this team. Let's hear what Scalabissier, who did have a good game offensively, 17 and 15 had to say after the Kings' disappointing performance against the Hornets. Um, I have to be more aggressive on the boards and, you know, defensively. You know, the little things like set good screens and, uh, you know, those little things are going to keep me on the floor. I think, how, yeah. how frustrated are you guys right now with the, the three-game losing streak? Uh, you know, it's pretty frustrating. We don't like losing any of us. We don't, you know, we don't like losing at all. So it's pretty frustrating, but we have to keep it moving. You know, that's the NBA. You know, you lose you lose some, and you have some winning streaks, some losing streaks. You just got to keep going. So. Coach has talked about the last three games that the opposition really hasn't felt you guys. Does he say that to you guys as well? And yeah, yeah, he, did, he told us. Uh, we have to do a better job at being more physical, you know, Defensively, you know, make them more, take tougher shots and, you know, running them off the three-point line and all that good stuff. So, yeah. Well, again, I'm going to guess the players and coaches are going to say the right thing. Scal's talking about being more aggressive. Yeah, whatever that is. Make people, make the other team feel you. That's a phrase that we hear a lot. Sure. I mean, Charlotte got comfortable early. And again, we could point out the fact that they're not a great three-point shooting team and not a great offensive team. But when your shots are open, people can make that. Pros should make it you know non-pros can make it so kings just were not sharp at all defensively and they lost all of their focus on that side of the floor and generally you know i've worked with henry turner a long time he talks about nights when the kings play pretty well usually it's their offense that's good that stems and spills over into their stronger effort defensive wise this was i mean just some mind-boggling numbers to have offensively and lose by 20 at home just disappointing to no end. Now let's hear from Dave Yeager, the head coach of the Kings, as he tries to figure out just went, what went wrong for the Kings. Uh, we played at a much better pace offensively, uh, which is good for us. And I think our offense was much better. Uh, you know, turnovers really hurt us tonight. Uh, we didn't get three stops in a row uh, defensively till 2:56 left in the fourth quarter. Uh, they just didn't uh, they just didn't feel us enough. Um, but they're they're big, and uh, you know once they started rolling a little bit, uh, they got a lot of confidence. And and uh, you know they we forced three turnovers, so uh, that's you know they got a lot of shots at us, and and we're feeling pretty good about it. So you know their confidence was pretty high throughout the game. Coach, 15 turnovers 
isn't that bad in the whole scheme of things, but it was more the type of turnovers that you guys had ending in, in 20 points. Um, what, where did you feel the issues were coming from in, in terms of, the, was it miscommunication or, or what? I think they're random and varied of all kinds and flavors. I think, you know, we came out to the first three possessions and dribbled off our leg to the other team. So um, nobody's trying to do that. We'll just keep, you know, keep plugging away. Played a lot of young guys tonight and got, uh, got a lot of experience, and I think, uh, you know, that's positive. When you look at these last three games, and you t you talked about the, the opposition not feeling you guys, what can you guys, what can you do to, to I don't know, make them feel you? Guys playing as hard as they can. You know, they were they're given what they've got uh, as physically as they can. When you talked about also the the you know you guys obviously scored really well tonight. It, how do you just you know kind of reconcile that too with a game like this when the defense isn't there? Well, it is a Sean. It's a good question because it's a part of a learning process. Um, when you want to play a little faster, and you know, I've been, you know, you hear me all the time, go, go, we got to go, we, we're just too slow, come on, let's go. And so, although we did, a, you know, with the message got sent and we did a nice job, and, and uh, there's times, though, when, as a young team where we score, then we relax defensively, or if we're playing faster, uh, we relax uh, defensively, it's a la AAU. You know what I mean? And so it's like your turn, our turn, your turn, our turn. And, uh, but, you know, we just started out too slow, and to give up, uh, you know, 72 again the first half is tough. We tied the second half, but... Yeah. Coach, these last three teams that came in here, none of them were had more than 13 wins. Uh, so they're coming in with the mentality that they that they think and they know that they can beat the Kings. What, what do you have to do to get your team to understand they have to combat the, that type of mentality? Well, teams are definitely confident that they can uh, come in and shoot well, and um, just is what it is until it's not. Coach, are there any positives you take away from this game? Yeah, we got uh, De'Aaron Fox out there for a fair number of minutes. Um, got to get up and down the floor, uh, got in the paint. I think that's uh, that's positive. I thought, you know, Zach, Zach probably could have had 35 tonight. Um, it's one of those one of those nights he was really really feeling good. So uh, some of those things are positive. I think you can learn from things that you got to get better at. And uh, some of those, you know, when to uh, when to pass and when to throw lobs and when to kick it and spray it around the floor. And, and uh, you know, I was proud of Justin Jackson. Came in the game cold, passed up two shots, put it on the floor, got De'Aaron Fox a wide open shot. Boom, he passed up another shot, gets in the lane. Those are things that we're talking about. It's just a microcosm of, you know, the things that are happening and, and guys are improving. Well, the coach talking about how the offense was better. Sure, it was. It wants the team to push the ball a little bit more. Uh, fast break points, another area of trouble in the game, 15-3 to that favored the Hornets. Amazing that he brought that one stat up, though, that they didn't get three stops in a row until late in the fourth quarter. And that's when, you know, at that point, I think, uh, who was in? Malik Monk, Julian Stone, Dwayne Bacon. I mean, just you know, it was the end of their bench versus the end of the Kings bench. And it's just got to be puzzling for the coach that, you know, sometimes I question rotations and different guys in. But I don't know who I would have said was bringing it defensively. Generally, I feel like Garrett Temple does. But after that, who are the guys you can count on defensively to be in there and to slow down their uh, their guy at, at the lit least, right? The guy they're guarding to limit their guy. Who is that? They don't have that guy right now consistently, and that needs to be done collectively, just like rebounding, just like protecting the basketball. Everybody's got to be sharp and focused and it's not there. And this team can still regroup and still get it back, but it's just they're in a pocket of the schedule where they have lost their defensive mojo, whatever defensive mojo they had. 
it is non-existent at this point. And I know it's frustrating for them, frustrating for a lot of people, frustrating for me, frustrating for you. And hopefully it'll get better before it gets worse. And the other thing that added up on Tuesday night, and now we've been tracking the season-long numbers of this, I've said it from day one about three-point differential. The Kings are actually a decent three-point percentage team. They don't shoot enough for my liking. They don't stop them enough because Charlotte made 15 out of 32. They're third worst in the league in threes. They made eight more than the Kings. That's 24 more points you got to count for. Kings lost by 20. But add up that with the other totals for the season. The Kings have been outscored from three this year by 387 points. Kings have to find more shooters and more guys that can defend the arc. And if you think about it, some teams get those threes by dribble penetration and kickouts. I didn't feel like Kemba Walker did a ton of that. Or low post double teams or guys that demand double teams. Kings weren't really double teaming Dwight Howard, nor is there a need to. They were just allowing way too many wide open looks. And they can't allow that to happen. Unfortunately, they did. And they paid for it because they got worked by Charlotte. Hey, let's get some good news here to close things out. It is Draft Wednesday. I love Draft because I finally won last week. You can win too. Get the Draft app or go to Draft.com on your computer and play in a league today. It's that simple. Sign up. Let's get you playing. It's fun. We've had our uh, Locked on Kings, J. Ross League going uh, each and every Wednesday. If you get a chance to get in, we've been going with about six people and it's filling up. So uh, it's fun. So you got to get in. If you love fantasy basketball, then you need to try the app Draft. It's daily fantasy basketball, but it's not like the other guys. On Draft, you play real-life snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. And it's simple because you just pick your guys for the night. In fact, I think it was two weeks ago. Here's what I really loved. I draft drafted on Draft uh, Clint Capella. I got an alert that he was going to be out for the game. He was a late scratch. And before the, any of the game started, they let me change it. I was able to change that player, and I had already we had already made the draft. But so for the games today, you're going to be able to choose from a ton of games. New York, Washington, San Antonio, Philly, Houston, Orlando. You may want uh, Chris Paul with James Harden out. Detroit, Miami, Minnesota, Brooklyn. There should be a ton of points in that game. Toronto, Chicago, Cleveland, Boston. No Isaiah Thomas in that one. Uh, Indiana, Milwaukee, Golden State, and Dallas, Phoenix, Denver. That should have a lot of points. OKC, Lakers, New Orleans, Utah. So you can get... Whoever you want, strategy, you feel like it's a little thin at center, we'll draft a center early. You get one center, two forwards, two guards. It's fun. It's easy. And again, the snake draft, if there's like in our league, there's six. Pick first. Then it'll go one through six, six through one, one through six, kind of snake all the way through. And you get your five guys. Draft will do all the work for you. There's no management. You just set it and forget it. And once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft takes care of the last-minute injuries for you, as I mentioned. And it starts every couple of minutes, so you can join one right now. When the last person is in, then the draft starts. Best part, play for cold, hard cash. Draft starts from just $1, so there's a draft really for everyone. No salary caps. You can end up with a stacked team if your uh, guys in your league aren't careful. So it's awesome. Come and join me right now on Draft Today or anyone else out there. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes or play right from your computer on draft.com, whatever you want. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit, but you must use my promo code LOKINGS. That's right. Play for real money for free just by using my promo code LOKINGS on your first deposit on draft. So good luck to everyone that does that. We'll be back tomorrow for another edition of Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings. Your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.